Welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. We have been away for a while, but now we're back with our book club. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie, and we're picking up where we left off with chapter six of The Viscount Who Loved Me. And I'm very excited. This was a juicy chapter, Chris. Duty. Oh, I think it's a duty. Juicy. Well, just before we kick off with our book review, we just wanted to talk a little bit about what we've been up to. So one of the reasons we've been away for a while is we had the Jane Austen Festival in Bath, which was really fun. And we were making costumes and I stupidly left my costume till really last minute. So I was finishing it the morning of the trip to the festival. Um, We had a good time, didn't we? It was really good fun. We met so many amazing people. There were people that had travelled from the States. It was amazing. We loved it. It was like stepping back in time. Definitely recommend it if you ever get the chance to go. Yeah. And I mean, what was really sad is obviously the Queen died um, a few days before the festival. And we were a little bit worried it'd be cancelled, but also we were really sad because of the news. Mm. Um, And what was really lovely is that the festival really honoured her death. So everyone was asked if they would like to wear black armbands a lot of people were doing that and then just before the grand regency uh, costumed parade began in the Holborn Gardens which is Lady Danbury's house which I'm sure a lot of you know they had this lovely regiment band and they played the national anthem and we had a two-minute silence and literally as a crowd of what maybe almost a thousand people and they all just went really quiet and we all had a minute silence for the queen and then Mm. there was the whole you know god save the king the whole thing was such an experience um Mm. i mean we've never seen a monarch die and a new monarch be kind of (laughs) come along in our lifetime It, it felt really surreal didn't it yeah i had goosebumps and it was just a really special moment and it was really somber and then when they were blowing their horns and doing all this thing like honoring the queen they were like, God save the king. And I was like, oh. I turned to Christian. I was like, we've never had that before. It's always God save the queen. So, and it's going to be yeah. God save, it's going to be God save the king now for a while, isn't it? Because you've got William and then his son. Like, we're not going to see another queen in our lifetime. No, and it was really sad. And it was really surreal because the queen's been around for so long. I know a lot of people were saying to me, it felt like she was almost immortal. Mm. Um, it felt like she was going to live forever. So it felt very it made everything feel very uncertain um yeah so anyway we had a we had a good festival we liked our costumes we had lots of people want to take our photos and met some lovely people so we can't wait for next year we put a couple of photos up I think didn't we of our outfits yes and we had we had a picture of ourselves in front of Lady Danbury's house um in the Holborn and I think next year we're going to go and do the ball aren't we because we didn't do the ball yes. yeah we're going to go all out we're going to do it properly yeah and we'll, we'll do the dance workshops as well because we haven't done that for a couple of years so exciting yeah follow our Facebook if you want to come and see pictures from the festival um just type in Bridgerton Girls and find our Facebook page Anyway, do you want to give a little bit of an intro into where we are with chapter six? So chapter six opens up with basically, again, Lady Whistledown giving us the down low on the fact that we're at Lady uh, Mama Bridgerton's house. They're hosting a ball. Kate's there. The Viscount's there. Everyone who is anyone is there. And she introduces us to this new character, uh, Miss Rousseau. 
um, who is an opera singer. And that's basically what this chapter is about. We get introduced to Miss Rousseau and her relationship with the Viscount. And it gets a little bit steamy. I think it gets a bit steamy on my steamy scale. What do, what do you think, Chris? Does that accurately summarise this chapter? It could be steamier. And I'm going to mm. say at some point I had a prediction and I was slightly wrong, but I'll talk about that later. Mm. Um, I'm really confused. So basically, this character, Maria Rosso, who's an opera singer and Anthony's kind of mistress, that's basically Sienna, right? I want to stop you there. Is she Anthony's mistress at this point of the book? Yeah. What we need it to come pretty back... much says that in this chapter. I don't know. See, okay, we're gonna have to fight this out uh, then. But you're but right. This is Sienna, Sienna, right? From the yeah. yeah, this is so confusing. They I don't know why they changed her name. No, and so... they made it less romantic and yeah, it's weird. So I want to talk about that again in a minute. But yeah, so Lady Whistledown introduces this opera opera singer as Maria Rosso. And in the introduction um, by Lady Whistledown, she describes Maria, or who we know as Sienna, to have thick sable hair. Now, I'm obviously not very clever because I didn't really know what sable hair meant. So I'm going to offer you three definitions that I found online. And I want you to guess which one it is. So is sable, number one, the abdomen or belly? Number two, a fluffy little animal known for its silky dark brown fur native to Japan, in Siberia and other parts of Northern Asia? Or is it dark black or brown colour? I'm pretty sure it's number two. Mm. Yes, yes. I think in the context of the sentence, it's number two. But we learned something new there. I did not know that. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I already knew that bubble burst because like it's a type of fur they used to use on like clothes and stuff okay a little must know it all I've got another yeah, question I had to just throw that in there yeah well it's good it's good it keeps me humble another question for you the very first sentence that Lady Whistledown writes is Lady Bridgerton's mousse cale and I was like what's a mousse cale like I know it means musical but why hasn't she just put musical so I googled mousse cale or musse cale musicale mousse cale m-u-s-k-a-l-e I thought it was just musicale but it's missing an a between the s and the k and I googled it and it says it's from azakaban to mean musical mm. anyway I'm just a bit curious (laughs) as the language really threw me. I was like, what? I think it's just her trying to be, make it sound more fancy than it is. That's how I read into that. Well, she succeeded because it was so fancy. I was like, what's going on? Did you have any more thoughts on Lady Whistledown's um, prologue into this chapter? No, I think it's just supposed to, she basically says that a lot of the gentlemen fancy um, Maria and they can't stop looking at her. So she's supposed to just be a very, alluring attractive character mm-hmm. yeah definitely and can we just point out just just to because obviously chapter five was a long time ago um Edwina is ill at this point so she hasn't attended the ball Kate is attending with Mary um and this is just after yeah her and Anthony uh, Kate and Anthony have fallen out in the previous chapter haven't they where she's Edwina ended up in the in the river and stuff so yes and also Anthony has seen that Kate has come out of the chariot or the carriage with her mum and he's recounting uh, like a a sex dream he had about Kate 
you remember that? And he recognizes that he's got like a semi. So then that's where (laughs) that chapter ends. And this one begins. Yeah. So the chapter begins with Kate saying that she notices the moment Anthony walks into the room Mm. and the room is lit in a very dim romantic glow. Mm. Um, And they they talk about the singer how the singer Maria cannot take her eyes off Anthony and Kate is watching them look at each other, isn't she? Like a voyeur. Yeah, Yeah, she's like a voyeur, definitely. And it's embarrassing because, um, well, not embarrassing because later on, Mary interrupts her by saying, stop staring at the Viscount. I thought that was a bit embarrassing for Kate, no? Like other people might have noticed that Kate's just like staring at these two people. Yeah, like she's almost getting off on it. And it says mm-hmm. here, um, it says in the book, Maria Rosso was issuing the Viscount a sultry invitation with her eyes. And at this moment, Kate says, realises that Anthony is a rake. And she didn't feel smug. She was like, I could feel smug, but I don't. She feels disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And she gets a bit jealous, doesn't she, as well? And she says, OMG, basically, did I just see the Viscount kiss this Miss Rosso's neck like does he have the audacity to do that in front of his mother she's almost fascinated by it I think I mean just before we go on to that I just wanted to say I can really relate to that sense of disappointment like do you remember being in uni and maybe really liking a guy or fancying a guy and then the moment you realize that actually he's a bit of a player and you, you just know straight away you're like oh that's so disappointing or when there's a guy that you really fancy from like a TV show and then you find out that they're married or they're not into girls. Like even though you never really stood a chance, you still feel disappointed. Yeah, like that it's is that definitely sense of disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're right. She's witnessing Anthony and Maria being very um close. They're very familiar with each other. And Anthony even tucks some of her hair behind her ear, which is very intimate yeah um and Kate's watching and it's at this point that I start to have a prediction okay Mm -hmm. I was reading this and I was thinking right I know Bridgerton's really predictable this is what I think is going to happen I bet you I was thinking that Kate is going to end up witnessing somewhere in the house in one of the rooms Anthony having sex with Maria because oh she was God. just the way it felt really voyeuristic the way yeah. she was watching them and then later on when things start happening I was like oh my god oh my god I'm right oh my god I would have loved that I think that would have been so hot same oh they missed an but, opportunity they haven't touched yeah. on voyeurism yet so that might they be what haven't. season three is all about yeah um because what was weird is um, what she says around this scene is she, Kate says in her mind, was it truly a crime to be ravenously curious? Mm. So Kate is a voyeur. She likes to watch. Or she is just curious. Like this, it, this is a whole new world to her. She's never really seen men and women do that much, has she? So, and what I wanted to ask you is, the opera singer is clearly very attracted to the Viscount. Do you think he has like a reputation as having like a large appendage or does he have a reputation of being like a really good lover or is it just purely his looks at this stage for the opera singer? Well, I think he's handsome, but it, it does. Anthony says that she's his mistress. Like he pays for her to have a London house. What? Where so was that? Yeah, it's definitely in there. He says that um, 
he's bought her jewelry before and he pays her a quarter allowance and a house oh, and everything no 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 you not totally in this miss that love not in this chapter love yeah because when he sends her away yeah. um if you carry on talking i'll find it for you yeah you find it for me but no imagining no making stuff up um but I kind of like I kind of thought that Kate would feel more vindicated in this episode and her thoughts would be on Edwina more. But it was like she was drawn in and her curiosity was spiked and she was almost like hypnotized by it. The fact that she just totally lost all sense of propriety and Mary had to tell her to stop staring. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, interesting. sorry, I'm too distracted. I can't read and listen to you at the same time. But it, it, he clearly states that. Don't worry, when we um, work for the chapter, if it's there like you say it is, I'm sure we'll find it. Well, so Mary says, um, which really annoyed me, and I know you and I aren't a massive fan of Mary. No. When, when she says to Kate, stop staring at him, and Kate's like, look, he's really flirty with Maria. Yeah. Mary says, I'm sure his behaviour is none of our business. And Kate oh. replies, of course it is. He wants to marry Edwina. And I was eye-rolling so hard at yeah. Mary. I was like, what is wrong with you? What do you mean it's none of your business? This is yeah. the man that is potentially going to marry your daughter yeah. why are you oh my gosh she has my head in care more like I want to know what are her what does she prioritize for Edwina that means that she can watch this future this future potential husband get away with seducing another woman right in front of everyone it's so disrespectful no it is yeah so I just wish Mary would just care a bit more because then it's on Kate's shoulders to care yeah um, um there you go now I found it should we wait until we get okay. to that stage yeah, sorry I just got excited no it's okay. okay I could hear that that was adorable um so the next bit that happens is Kate is introduced to Mama Bridgerton and Eloise yeah um and she just Eloise and her hit it off straight away don't they which I liked because in the tv series I think that was the same they had a really good rapport and they had a couple of moments in tv series where they had quite honest conversations do you remember yeah yeah it makes sense that they would they're both intelligent and independent they're not meek and mild so like a lot of the other women I like that they kept that the same I think I like that they kept that the same yeah what What, they didn't keep the same which I didn't love is Lady Featherington did you notice they I from my memory Lady Featherington kind of goes up to Kate and she's a bit of a stirrer and she's like, oh, I'm surprised you were here after the whole dog incident. But isn't she a bit of a starer in the show? But Kate describes her as someone that does talks a lot. So she talks about her having a length, about to go into a lengthy monologue about good deportment. And I was like, that's not Lady Featherington in the show at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I really like Lady Featherington in the show. And I just, I was a bit like, oh, is that all we get from Lady Featherington in this chapter? It just didn't really sound like her. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think they changed her character from the TV show to be very intelligent and, yeah, good at looking after her family. What did you think of the whole introduction and interaction between Kate and Mama Bridgerton and Mary? I mean, I thought it was, it was okay. It was a bit bland. I mean, not yeah, much really I barely happened. remember it. it. It was very bland. Basically, yeah. all that really happens is they kind of share politenesses Um if that's even a word, which it isn't. Uh, and then Lady Mama B just asks after Edwina and says, I would have liked to have met her. And part of me was like, is that, is being polite, but then how would that affect Kate? Like, does Kate always feel like the, the sister that no one ever really wants to meet, that 
Edwina's the star of the show? Like, is that fueling their jealousy? Well, I don't. Th- I think as as Lady Featherington is saying that, she glances over to Anthony, and you can see she sees the way Anthony's acting with Maria, and she doesn't like it. So I just think that's Lady Lady B's way of trying to get him married and away from the opera singer. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. Then what happens is, you know, Kate just. I think she's probably a bit of an introvert, isn't she? She she wants to get away from the hustle and bustle and she decides to sit in the hallway um, to kind of get away from everyone, really, but probably more like Anthony, the Viscount. Um, any comments on that at all? Yeah, so she, to escape, you're right. I think you're right about the introvertness, actually, because she does this quite often. She almost gets overwhelmed. Yeah. She says to Lady Bridgerton and Eloise and Mary, would you like some lemonade? And then she manages to escape the lemonade table. And then when they're not looking, she goes into the hall. She sits on a bench. She gets some air. Um, and then, OMG, who does she hear coming towards the hall that she sat in? It's Anthony and Maria. And it was the Featherington she gets lemonade for. Um, she's quite clever. She offers them lemonade, goes and gets two glasses. And then she's like, oh, um, I only have two hands, so now I must return for glass myself, which oh. I was like, got to remember that. That's a very good technique. Nice. And, then, and then after that, she basically goes into the hall, like you said. Yeah, um, and because she hears them coming, she panics and, and wanting to avoid them, she dives into the nearest doorway. And I was thinking, yes, we go. my prediction is happening. She's going to yeah. go in a doorway in the dark, and then these two are going to follow her in there and start having sex. And I was like, I can't believe I'm predicting it again. Bridgerton's so predictable. Yeah, yeah. Were you thinking this at this point? No, what was I thinking? I think I thought he would come in and find her. It never occurred to me that there'd be like a three-way option. Um, so That's I my dirty mind. That, but it was good. It's on track. You know, when she it says, you know, just as Kate leans back against the desk, savouring her quiet solitude, she hears an awful sound, the click of a doorknob. What would you have done in that situation? I would have hid behind a curtain. What? Or I would have barged out. Yeah, really exactly. Obviously. Said, oh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, or I would have just stood up and said, oh, I'm ever so sorry. I just, I had a headache. I didn't mean to intrude. But instead, she dives under the desk, squeezing herself into the empty cube of space, and I was like, wow, that's it then, I, is it? I will say, though, this happens in so many movies and rom-coms. Really? I mean, how many movies? Yeah, so many times where the character hides under a desk and they end up witnessing something or under a bed. Haven't you seen so many rom-coms like I that? Mean, and we always think that's so strange. I think I can only think of horror films or horror movies, you know? I couldn't think of anything. I guess it was like a Bridget Jones's feel to the yeah. scenario. I just, in a way, I do wish that she just got up and walked out because her seeing Anthony with his mistress walking to a desk, that would have been embarrassing for him to be caught red-handed. See, I thought, it, I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be really hot. She's going to be hiding under the desk and they're going to start having sex on the desk. Oh, and so she's going to cool. witness it and she's going to get off on it. And oh, I was like, yeah. yes, this is finally happening. Like her sexual awakening, yes. her sexual education. Beautiful. I think that would have been I still think that would have been the better option than what happens yeah I agree yeah so what does happen mm. well so she's hiding under the desk isn't she and they come in 
and she's thinking oh god please I really hope they don't see me and Anthony and Maria are just flirting and talking and she's saying to him oh I hear that you are to find a wife this season you're going to break my heart my lord and all this and they're just flirting aren't they what did you think of the flirting I thought it was interesting and um he was just being really non-committal he was like oh I'm not really sure not really sure what I'm doing and then but the worst part that Kate doesn't like is he says to Maria I have no intention of giving up my mistress for a wife because I have no intention that's a little bit later though isn't it so she says you're breaking so she's breaking my you're breaking my heart and then I, I thought it was funny how Kate was like she thought she might gag And then he said, we both know that your heart is impervious to any of my machinations. Is that it? So that made me think that maybe they were either at the beginning of their seduction flirtation or it was just like super, super casual, but not really much had happened between them. Because that to me sounds like it's almost like unrequited, like he's not getting from her the emotion that he wants. I think she's just his mistress and he's just making it clear that they're not, this isn't, this is a transactional relationship, which is quite common for a man to have a mistress and pop her up in a townhouse. This isn't a love match, which is a shame because in the TV show, Sienna and Anthony have this epic, passionate love affair. And I do, I am glad they changed it for that. Yeah. Yeah, I am as well. So that him saying that is like reinforcing that they, it's like a contractual thing. Um, It's just sex, isn't it? And then when she said, um, but I'm not inclined for a dalliance, my lord. I do not look for marriage. Of course, that would be most foolish. But when I next choose a protector, it shall be for, shall we say, the long term. I thought that was her basically like they're in the early throes of getting to know each other. And she's saying, look, I'm looking for a protector. If you want to be him, it needs to be for the long term. Is that not what she meant? Yeah, I think so. But if they're already, if he's already her protector... Then that has a different meaning. Yeah, but I think that's why he responds to that and says, basically, don't worry. I have no intention of giving you up when I get married. Because that's what she's worried about. She's saying, you're taking a wife this season. You're breaking my heart. And he's like, don't worry. I have no intention of giving you up just for marriage. He he actually said, it's not like I'm going to marry someone that I'm in love with. And Kate goes, in her head, Kate gets really annoyed. She's like, oh, my God, that's my sister, you douchebag. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I get you now. And I like that she reacts that way. Um, he says it in such a nice flowery way, doesn't he? Mm. Um, he says, the only reason to give up one's mistress is if one happens to, be, to love one's wife. And as I do not intend to choose a wife with whom I might fall in love, I see no reason to deny myself the pleasures of a lovely woman like you. Smooth as F. Yeah, and not what Kate wants to hear. No. But why didn't Kate use this moment to show herself? Because that would have made him feel like such an idiot. There's no way in hell he would have gotten to marry Edwina. I don't get why she stayed there. Because it's more embarrassing that she sat under a tiny desk with her knees up against her ears in her ball gown, listening on them. That's way more embarrassing. But why she can't would definitely she... have the upper hand. I don't think so. She's very assertive and independent. She could have kind of got up and then walked out of the area that she was hidden by and say, is that so, my lord? I'm sure my sister will be delighted to hear it. And then but walk out. But then it out. just looks like she's spying in his house. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, I get Which you. Which she's that done before. Awkward. Do you remember in the TV show, she was hiding in the gardens behind a bush and he's like, hello, I can hear someone. And we were like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Oh my God. And actually that conversation he was having with the guys was... I'm not going to marry for love. Oh, so they changed it. Yeah, they've changed it in terms yeah. of who he's having that conversation with. But actually, it's the same. They changed mm. it quite a lot, though. So they took, they took out all of that Sienna stuff and put that in season one <coughs> as like his pre-love affair, if you see what I mean. Yeah, that's interesting. But okay. it's, yeah, the same principle. But um, Okay. And then, of course, he goes towards the decanter, starts to pour. But um, what's terrible is that as he's walking towards the decanter, Kate realises that if he directly where the decanter is, is opposite where she's hiding. And that if he happens to turn his head just a few inches, he's going to see her. So she's proper panicking. Yeah. And what she describes that she sees as well She says, um, eyes wide and unblinking, she watched with utter and complete horror as Bridgerton came into view. So all she sees is his athletic frame and she describes how he's pouring the drink. And she's like, don't turn around, don't turn around. But then Maria says, is everything all right? And at this moment, I'm like, why did Maria ask that? Because from Kate's perspective, there doesn't seem to be a problem. Yeah, but then in the next bit, we see from Anthony's perspective and it tells us why he did that. And that's what I was going to say. I absolutely love that the author did that. I love that the author basically recounts this part of the scene that Kate sees from his perspective so we can see what he was thinking. I thought that was brilliant. Did you like that? Yeah, and it's quite unusual and it built tension because from our point of view, we're like, oh my God, oh my God, has he seen her? Is that why he's pausing? Yeah. And it turns out that wasn't. So that was good. And there's a bit that she, Kate says at that moment, which I really liked. So just before he's basically turning around and she knows she's going to be seen, she says, it says, and Kate thought of all the reasons that dying at 21 was really not such a bad thing. And I thought that yeah. was really funny. That was funny. She's quite funny. Like earlier, she was like, oh, I'm going to gag when Miss Vosso was saying that stuff to the Viscount. I like that about her. Mm. And then we get a really quick point of view change. And it starts with saying, Anthony knew quite well why he brought Maria Vosso back to his study. And I love that because now we understand what's going on for him. And he basically says that he wants kind of using her, isn't he? Because he's got a lot of sexual tension built up from that sex dream with Kate. And he wants to, he says he wants to get lost in another woman. Yeah. I don't know if I liked that or not. I didn't really like the idea of this other woman being really used. And he says, yeah. I thought, yeah, Anthony is using Maria to banish Kate's fantasies. Yeah, I didn't like. Mind. I didn't like it, um, but I like that we can understand why he was doing what he was doing, and that he, yeah, I mean, he is still a rake, I suppose, and actually doesn't cast him in a very nice light at all, does it really? And also, I thought it didn't make sense because she's been his mistress anyway, um, yeah, for ages before Kate, so yeah I didn't think that made any sense I was like well he was he's been banging her anyway and he would have banged her so at this point though there's no indication that they have been banging there is though (laughs) she's definitely his mistress I've got the quote here 
okay, but between the start of this chapter and where we are now, is there anything that explicitly says that they are lovers? Um, well, really, he says it just after the scene where he turns around, where, where the quote I just read, where it says, why dying at the age of 21 is really not such a bad thing. It's just a couple of, pa of paragraphs underneath that he explains that she's his mistress. Okay, he said he felt no guilt that he'd be using uh, Miss Vosso for his own pleasure. In that regard, she was using him as well. Okay, and, and, she, she, and she at least would be compensated for it, whereas he would be out several jewels, a quarterly allowance, and the rent on a fashionable townhouse in a fashionable but not too fashionable part of town. But he's saying she would be compensated for it. So he's talking about the possibility of taking her as a mistress in the future, but they're not currently banging. Mm, I'm not reading it like I, we're going to have to agree to disagree because to me, that sounds like a contract has already been agreed. Like he's already planned or even it uh, to me, that's far in enough that he's already made those plans. So I'm going to disagree and say that he's already set her up as a mistress and they were so familiar with each other like he was brushing her hair behind his ear and stuff. To me, um, that was like flirty. If she was already his mistress, there would be some mention here of how he likes to lose himself in Sienna or some kind of mention of how she's really good at bed or how with Sienna he does X, Y or Z or Miss Rosso or how he would say he, you know, she's a good mistress and he looks after her well and he pays for X, Y or Z. But it doesn't. It says he she would be compensated for it, like mm, conditional. But then here, OK, here. It says, but even as he took in that silky sable hair and those full pouting lips, even as his muscles tightened at the memory, the memory <laughs> of other full pouting parts of her body. Oh he my knew that God. he was using her. Okay. Um, I rest my case. Case closed. Boom. Yes. How exciting. I wonder if anyone <laughs> who listens was at any point thinking I might be right. And that, I'm sorry that I took you down that road, listener. Um, nicely done, Chris. Nicely done. <laughs> I just, I would have thought that if, he, if they were lovers, I would have liked a little bit more detail from him. But I guess that is quite detailed, isn't but it? I think we're going to get that in the next few chapters. I and I think so. he might start banging Maria mm -hmm. while thinking about Kate. Um, and we might get some sexy scenes later. Okay, well, you know, we can hope. I really want them to go down this four-year aspect because that's really Same. hot. Super hot. Do you want to talk about the Lily Soap thing, which I wasn't a fan of? Okay, so he, he just sort of talks about how he's really frustrated and oh my god, it says he never wanted to wake up hard and tortured again, knowing that Kate Sheffield was the case. That's quite yeah. intense. And then he says, because God knew he was never going to act on that particular erotic fantasy. Why not, Chris? Why not? Yeah, um, well, because she's a lady and he can't shag her. Yeah, but why can't he marry her? Well, well, he doesn't want to. He doesn't like her. You wouldn't marry someone you don't like just to shag them. Mm. Um, <laughs> so th the reason um, I was Anthony getting, paused... I was getting to that. Oh. It's just we've only got six minutes left of our thing. So I don't want to oh. delay too much and get cut off mid... Um, 
yeah do you want to talk about Lily so you did just waste three minutes explaining (laughs) (laughs) okay basically talk about the goddamn Lily so before (laughs) I lose my shit (laughs) so basically he says oh here I was pouring a glass of the finest whiskey for Miss Maria Russo and then he says um mm -mm. he's obviously he's thinking about Kate and he's in his own little world and that's why Maria calls out is everything all right and then he starts to hum to calm himself down and relax himself. And then as he turns around and starts to take a step forward towards Maria, he smells that, what he describes, damned scent again, lilies. And it reminds him of Kate. And his foot hesitates in midair and his step forward proved to be a small one instead of his usual long stride. He couldn't escape the smell and he kept turning, his nose instinctively twisting his eyes towards where he knew there couldn't be lilies. And yet the scent was there. And then he saw her. Why didn't you like that? Just don't like this whole smell thing. I think it's weird. And I'm like, I got to get me some of this lily soap that can be smelt like four foot away. <laughs> like, what's that about? I'm thinking, what on earth are they putting in that soap that people can smell it that yeah. far away? Chemicals? I don't think so. Exactly. Do you remember we ran a poll to ask people if they thought sniffing or smelling was hot? And, you know, it came out as hot. A lot of people find it attractive. I suppose so. It depends. If he's doing it like a bloodhound, he's got his nose against the floor. That's not so hot. No. Um, So that's when he looks down and he sees her and their eyes lock. And I was thinking, damn, my fantasy is destroyed. I know my my prediction is now wrong because he can't then lock eyes with Kate pretend he hasn't seen her and then start shagging um Maria on the desk so I was like damn it this isn't going to happen now well I thought it was I actually thought that's exactly what was going to happen like a power play and I was really looking oh, forward see, to I that think that would have been a bit creepy like to me the sexiness is gone if he knows she's watching but then I was like mm. yeah it's cool because he knows she can't go anywhere so she has to watch but then, then she, Kate would feel more humiliated rather than in the in control as the voyeur. Well, then she'd I'm feel like thinking was humiliating her. I'm thinking she'd get into it and then join in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I but see what, what you I did thought there. was a bit inappropriate is he says that their eyes met, and he can see that she's panicked and frightened. And then he says, "Good," he thought savagely. He was going to tan her bloody hide until her hide was bloody well bloody. And I was like, that is the worst line I've ever seen in my life. Didn't like it. That's not a nice visual image. No, um, too many bloodies, too many hides. When I say hide, I think of a cow. Exactly. That's not sexy. And then what I didn't like is this kind of violent, I say violent, it's not really violent, but it's not nice. It's this physical touching they do that's kind of aggressive. So he steps on Kate's hand. Which is awful. So you've gone from a society where you can't even touch skin on skin. Do you know what I mean? And suddenly he's getting his, he's getting his, his shoe that's got God knows what on it. Dog shit, chewing gum. And he's stepping up on the lady's hand. That is actually violence. That's that's not very gentlemanly. Yeah, I didn't like it. And then she retaliates by putting her nails into his leg and biting him. And I'm like, this is just getting weird now. It's And then he, quote, kicks her in the stomach. What? Yeah. And I was like, wow, that escalated. And there's nothing sexy about this. Yeah, There's nothing nice. No, and it was weird and really animalistic and so unlikely. And this is, it just wouldn't have happened. And then 
he said that he could feel her nails in his leg and then he says it could have been her teeth and I was like in what world do you live in where a lady would get her teeth and bite you do you think so little of Kate and this happened in one of the other chapters and we didn't like it then when she stands on his hand and we were like you're such a toddler that you would do that and it it's not nice I don't like it Um, I don't like it it doesn't fit it doesn't fit at all once he gets rid of uh he gets the mistress out of the way and he confronts Kate um he takes his hand and then all of a sudden he's all gentle and soft and he brushes his hand down her face and the ending of this I absolutely hated the end of the chapter (gasps) what Um, he basically says at the end what does he ask her well what they basically say is he's like why are you in my office you invite you invaded my private office and she's like I didn't know it was your office I just wanted to get away from you that's what she implies and then he's like he seems to be seducing her now with the whole finger slide across her jaw then her lips part he wore no gloves so he's got like skin on skin and I was like love he just stood on your hand and and kicked you in the stomach why are you even entertaining this right now and then he said maybe he whispered so close now that his breath kissed her lips. You desired something else altogether. And then she tries to shake her head, but, they ref- but her muscles refused to obey. Um, and then her head betrayed her and gave a little shake. And then the end goes, he smiled and they both knew he had won. And I was like, no, don't like it. I don't like How it. How has he won? 